from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? You've made it to the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings again from Studio B at 5800 Airline Drive in New Orleans, the world headquarters of your two favorite teams. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, happy Jazz Fest, everybody. Everybody's excited about the weekend. Looks like weather's going to cooperate. And uh, not only Jazz Fest, but there's a ton of stuff going on across the metro area, including the Zurich Classic, which continues today, tomorrow, and into Sunday. So really, it's going to be a fantastic late April weekend here in New Orleans. Got a good show for you here on this Friday. Still a smiling from yesterday's visit with Aaron Mackey, or Anthony Mackey, rather. And uh, today we'll focus in solely on the NFL and the NBA today. Last night in the NBA playoffs, we had another couple dandies going. The Hawks are impressing. They beat the Pacers last night, 98 to, 90, 98 to 85. They now control that series. And yet another overtime game in the NBA playoffs. I want to say that's four now as the Grizzlies survived a late, furious comeback in the fourth by the Thunder. But it's Memphis who goes on to win at home by three in OT yesterday, 98-95. And now Memphis leads in that series as well. And the Clippers, the Clippers and the Warriors had a fantastic finish last night as the Clippers beat the Warriors 98-96 in that ball game up in the Bay Area. We're going to talk NBA today, not only about those games, but about the first round in general with our own Joel Myers from Fox Sports New Orleans, who's also calling games nationally here during the first round with TNT. He's our guest today. And we'll continue our NFL Draft Preview Series and take care of two teams today. The Dolphins have the 19th pick, and so Adam Beasley from the Miami Herald stops by. And then a little bit later, we'll cover pick number 20, which is the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll get the thoughts of Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. Daniel Salerson will visit with him and talk about what's going on out in the desert here this NFL offseason. So a nice, busy Friday for you, and we'll get started. We'll talk Dolphins and pick number 19 when we come back. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org.
Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our NFL Draft Preview Series continues today. We're up to pick number 19. That means the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, of course, we had to go get an all-around good guy. Well, at least that's what it says on his Twitter account. Uh, That's Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. Good morning, Adam. You can't believe everything you read on the Internet. Well, this is true. I'm wondering how one has to self-advertise that you're an all-around good guy. (laughs) You know, that's a whole Pandora's box. I'm not going to open today. That's fair enough. Uh, Have you gained any followers just by being an all-around good guy? Well, I think my mom actually unfollowed me, so. Oh, man. Coming right out of the gate strong with that one. If folks did want to follow you on Twitter, where would they go? Uh, at Adam H. Beasley. Okay. H is for Huntington. Oh, okay. And is silent in this case. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, the NFL schedule came out this week. What would you think of the Dolphins' schedule before we dig into the draft here? Well, I love how the uh, league sets it up that you have beginning your end your season often with, with divisional foes because those are the games that really are going to you know determine whether or not you go to the playoffs. The Dolphins actually kind of lucked out. They both opened and closed the season at home, uh, home against the Patriots, uh, at the, uh, home against the Jets to finish. They have two primetime games, which I think was a bit of a slight. Uh, their obligatory Thursday night game will be against the Bills, and they have their true one you know, primetime game will be Monday at the Jets, December 1st, Thanksgiving weekend. So that's, that's the highlight of their schedule. Aside from uh, going to London, they're one of the, uh, the, 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 three, te- the three games uh, in London this year. They're playing the Raiders. Uh, so that'll be a treat for for we reporters. But uh, from a fan standpoint, uh, I, I would say the the primetime games and the, the the games that bookend the season are really the highlights. Do you think the Dolphins might be happy a little bit that they're going to fly under the radar somewhat schedule wise after all the drama of last season? Well, it was quite the season. <laughs> Yeah, they had uh, they 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 made all the wrong headlines and all for all the wrong reasons, and uh, they're trying to get past that. They have a new general manager. Uh, they they've got you know they opened up the Brinks truck for for a left tackle on Brandon Albert, a guy who they really wanted last year, uh, but they 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 couldn't end up uh, pulling the trigger on that trade. They went out and got him in the first couple of hours of free agency. Uh, and look, they're uh, you know they're trying to say this is a new day. This is a, you know all the guys that were involved. Uh, in that bullying scandal, aside from Mike Pouncey, who's kind of untouchable because of how good of a player he is, the rest of them are gone, uh, including Jonathan Martin. So, uh, but what that does is that creates a lot of needs in the offensive line. When you when you you, you ship out basically, you know, four fifths of your line, you're going to have to do a lot of work. Uh, as I said, they signed Brandon Albert. They they, they picked up Shelly Smith. Uh, Jason Fox is a guy that'll provide depth at right tackle. I don't know if they see him as a starter or not. Um, and then they're going to go and attack the draft hard. Uh, the, you know, they will absolutely take a tackle in the first two or three rounds. I have no doubt about that. Wow, I'm glad that you brought that up because there's no question that Ryan Tannehill needs to stay off his back a little bit more. But with so many free agency uh, moves regarding the offensive line, I'm a little surprised that there still needs to be work done in the draft up front. Yeah, they still uh, arguably have two starting positions open. They certainly have one. Uh, I think what they're doing is – they're targeting a couple of guys at tackle, hoping some fall to them. Uh, if Taylor Lewin is there at 19, they would trip all over themselves running up the podium. Now people are saying he might go top five. I think that could be a bit high, but we'll see. Uh, Zach Martin's another name we hear time and time again. They really like him a lot. Uh, will he survive to 19? Uh, there are about three teams directly in front of Miami that, that, that have a need that position as well. Uh, so what happens if none of those guys are there? Well, they're not going to take the next best lineman available. That's just bad drafting, and that's that's how you get yourself into trouble because I don't know if they see if any of those guys have the number 19 overall grade. 
so they could go in a lot of different directions. They 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 have a need to believe it or not at inside linebacker after you know spending a ton of money in the 2013 offseason on on the position. They 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 could go get C.J. Mosley. Uh, they brought in a ton of wide receivers to visits with first and second round grades, which is kind of a head scratcher. Uh, Marquise Lee is a name that I'd watch out for. Uh, Odell Beckham, I guess, is a guy that they like. So you know they could go in a ton of different directions. They they could also trade back if the guy they don't like is isn't there at tackle. They could trade back maybe to the late 20s, early 30s, where they have a grade for that next tier of tackles that they might go after. So uh, there's a lot of possibilities there. Uh, 19th kind of a no-man's land, though. It's not, you know, it's, it's not high enough to make sure you get an elite player, but it's still high enough that your, your pick has some value, and you don't want to just take someone for the sake of taking them there. It is a tough spot. It really is. And we're getting, as we kind of preview all these teams and where they fall with their picks, now that I've noticed here the conversations have drastically changed uh, as opposed to, say, the, the conversations I had with teams picking in the top 10. Here now, you know, from 15 on, it becomes a little dicey. So it seems to me, Adam, what you're saying is that plan A here is draft for need with regard to the Dolphins, and then plan B would be, what, best player available at that point? Yeah, I would say if they're, they're not going to stretch. Everything we've heard is they're not going to stretch for a tackle. They have uh, a handful of guys they see worthy of that grade, um, and one of them is there. They'll take them. But if not, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different places where they could use better players. Uh, the secondary could still use some fortifying, as I mentioned, linebacker. Heck, if you know somehow a guy like Eric Ebron somehow slips, which again is is, is not likely, uh, they would they would jump all over themselves taking him too because he's just you know he's a difference maker. He's a, and he's a position of need for sure. So uh, I think that's that's kind of how they're going into this thing. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, and and I, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade perhaps multiple times backwards just to pick up picks. There, there's no electrifying round here for Miami. 19th in the first round, no multiple picks in further rounds, but at least a pick in each of the rounds. And as you mentioned with the new general manager, for you covering the team, does it serve as some intrigue here to try and figure out what this guy will do uh, later, deeper in the draft? Can he be creative, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that this is – everything is new with us and with him. He's never run a draft room. I mean, he's been, uh, I believe, the director of college scouting for the Buccaneers. He's had a big say, but it was never his final say. And that's – and it's, it's going to be really fascinating. How is he going to handle when he gets a call with three minutes left on the clock – uh, with with a trade possibility, I, I don't I don't see him as the type of guy who's going to move up to take someone. I think that would that would actually shock me more than anything if he actually traded up. Um, but yeah, I mean, how is he going to handle? Uh, you know, does he part with this third round pick to move up ten spots? You know, ten spots in the second round to get a guy that they, they, they love. I mean, what what is his level of pain threshold? And, and it really is going to be a fascinating couple of days. Adam Beasley with the Miami Herald with us here on the. Black and Blue Report in our NFL Draft Preview Series. All right, Adam, let me finish by putting you on the spot here. Now that you've seen the schedule, you've watched and covered the offseason moves, rather, uh, with the only question mark being still the draft in May, are Dolphins fans in for a treat this fall, or is this another season where they've just got to grit their teeth and grind this thing out? You know, I'm going to dodge the question at all. (laughs) The question you should be asking that to is Ryan Tannehill. Because if he plays like he did for the first 14 weeks of the season, they're going to go to the playoffs. If he plays like he did in the last two weeks of the season, they're going to have been for a long season, and they're going to be drafting a quarterback in 2015. This is truly a make-or-break year for the quarterback position. Well, I don't think you dodged it. I think that you hit it right on the head there. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good. Hey, uh, otherwise, uh, off-season-wise, things are treating you well, I hope. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, 85 and sunny every day down here. So. <laughs> Boy, you're still you're still sticking it to our folks that listen to the northern tiers, shall we say. <laughs> Fair enough. And I and I will miss although although it was 
rather uncomfortable to do a preseason game in Miami last year. And so while I'll miss going to uh, South Florida this August for a little taste of Miami, um, I don't know if I want to sweat like I did last year when the Saints and Dolphins hooked up in that preseason game to end all preseason games. Yeah, that was that was an instant classic, wasn't it? <laughs> it sure was. If we could eliminate week four of the preseason, I think all of us would be pretty happy. If we could eliminate weeks one through four, I think all of us would oh, be happy. Oh, come on, Adam. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Adam Beasley, I thank you very much for coming on today. All the best. You bet. Adam Beasley with us from the Miami Herald in our NFL Draft Preview Series covering the Dolphins. And we'll have more right after this. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. SiriusXM subscribers now have a place to talk NBA 24-7. SiriusXM NBA Radio. To the lane, lays it up, he lays it up! With experts like Steve Kerr, Kenny Smith, Lionel Holland, Sam Mitchell, Jerry Stackhouse, and many more. Plus, guest appearances by NBA players, coaches, and GMs. Get closer to this. LeBron to the rim with a two-hand jam. And this. Direct, fades and fires the rainbow 18-foot jumper is a thing of beauty. By listening to SiriusXM NBA Radio. Channel 217. And the SiriusXM app. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, back here on the Black and Blue Report this Friday. We're going to turn our attention to the NBA for a moment and what a great first round of the NBA playoffs we've witnessed so far. Three more games last night. Two of them were just fantastic finishes, and they're in the thick of it all right now is our own Joel Myers, who is uh, spending this part of the postseason with TNT, and he's gotten to see a couple of different series now. And so as we turn toward the weekend and some decisive games in these first-round series, we thought we'd bring Joel in and get his thoughts. Good morning, Joel. Where do we find you today? Uh, getting ready for Dallas and San Antonio, Sean. Uh, games three and four, Saturday, Monday. So And, and that series has a new twist. Yeah, and that's pretty incredible. But I thought Dirk Nowitzki said it best after their win. And he said, now we've got to worry about going home. He goes, because we've been a really good road team, but we really had hiccups. We've, had, we've made plenty of mistakes at home. And look at it from San Antonio's standpoint. San Antonio in game one, Sean, they were down 81-71 with six to play before they put that 15 to nothing run on. So it easily could have been 2 nothing Dallas, as surprising as that could be against a 62-team win. I mean, a 62-win team in the San Antonio Spurs. It's been crazy, this, this whole scenario, whether it's Houston, Portland, Dallas, we can go down the list. Let's talk about Portland for a moment. LaMarcus Aldridge goes for 40-plus in their first two games of that series. Portland looks like the team that everybody thought they may be earlier in this season, and after they fell off for a little bit, here come the Trailblazers, and that could be a quicker series than any of us could have imagined, Joel. Yeah, they got the team that the, the perfect matchup for Portland, and a good one, four against five, and they've both been great games and really close games the first overtime and then down to the wire in the next, and I thought it was going to go over time in the next. But uh, neither team plays defense. So it worked out well for both. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, don't take anything away from what he's done, though. To hit for that high a percentage 
like he did, especially in Game 2. And he wasn't too shabby, 17-31 in Game 1 when he went for 46-18. and 18. And the last guy to go for 46-18 and 18 in a playoff road win, and hard to believe, it was Elgin Baylor in the NBA Finals in 1962. So that's the kind of level that LaMarcus Aldridge is playing at. And then how sweet it was for him in Game 2, his mom was there in the sands from Dallas. And it was just... We shot her a few times. It was really nice moments. But uh, the matchups, I don't understand what they're doing with Dwight Howard. He averaged 18 and 12 in the regular season, but now they've made him like their focal point of the offense in the game two, and they lack balance because of it. They just didn't get other guys involved, and it showed in the end. Are they in as much trouble as I think they are? Uh, you know, Do they have a chance to come back in that series? Well, I hope they get a split because we're looking at potentially going over there for game five on Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, as well as anybody, how tough it is to win on the road in Portland. I mean, there's a reason they only had 10 losses and the seventh best home record in the NBA. They were 31 and 10 at home. You go up there, it's the only game in town. It is crazy in that building. And the, the players feed off of it. They've got a great home court advantage. So it would not shock me at all now to see a sweep by the Portland Trailblazers. Interesting. All right, let's talk Thunder Grizzlies, Clippers Warriors. Last night, the Grizzlies win a thriller in overtime. They now lead that series two games to one. The Warriors uh, fall to the Clippers last night, 98-96. And so now the Clip Show leads that series two games to one. Does that mean, Joel, that the Clippers and the Grizzlies have the upper hands in their series, or is it way too early to tell? Too early. Uh, there's no balance right now for Oklahoma City. When was the last time Kevin Durant didn't hit a three in a game? Kevin Durant was 0 for 8 from beyond the arc. And, and half of Russell uh, Westbrook's 26 attempts were from beyond the arc. I mean, why would he, and he can beat anybody off the dribble and get to the rim, why would he take half his shots from three? And I know late in the game he jacked up a couple at the end, but it made no sense. So I don't think they have the proper balance just offensively in their game. Uh, it's real interesting what's developed there. So they need other guys to get touches. Ibaka was 6 for 10. Maybe he sees a few more at the high post or the pinch post where he does most of his damage with a face-up game. Uh, but they need to spread the ball around a little bit. I know Durant is the bottom line as far as Oklahoma City is concerned, but there's something going on there. Uh, Memphis has moved it around effectively. And also in that game last night, I think it was 32-7 to in bench scoring. So Oklahoma City, and we all talked about Reggie Jackson and Stephen Adams and then signing Butler and Derek Fisher, they got absolutely zero from their bench last night. Mm. And on the road, they need something there, especially with the two veterans they've got coming off their bench in Butler and Fisher. And then the Atlanta series with Indiana, something's going on in that locker room. None of us know with Indiana. And then after the game, Frank Vogel even said he may mix things up and go smaller. I don't know if I'd do that. I'd still start Roy Hibbert just so you don't shatter everything that you've built in that locker room confidence-wise for your big guy. But Hibbert last night was a no-show. He wasn't a factor at all. Didn't play in the fourth quarter at all. It just would strike me as strange to be discussing making major changes for game four of an Eastern Conference playoff series uh, I think that you and I talked before we started the interview, and, and the word you used was dysfunctional. That may be the fairest comparison I've heard of any when you're when you're talking about the Indiana Pacers. 
Well, I mean, Evan Turner and Lance Stevenson, you know, it's well documented. Now they got into it. And Lance Stevenson's a loose cannon. So he might have had a good game last night from a standpoint of just looking at the box score, but is he good for that locker room right now? And is he the guy that's splintering that locker room right now? Paul George had two fouls in the first three minutes and sat the rest of the first quarter. Paul George is their best player by far. They have to get a lot more out of him. They have to get him involved. He's got to be the leader on the floor for that team. That's the face of the franchise for the Indiana Pacers. And then back to Hibbert, you sit him, he's only finishing up his second year of a five-year max deal, basically. So have you really uh, busted up what you set up for down the road? Because he's he's just going to be in the middle year next season. And and you kind of shatter everything you've developed there. He's got to work on his skill set at the offensive end, though, in the offseason. He has not grown at that end of the floor. And then he he isn't any. Didn't have any blocks last night. Uh, he barely boards right now. I mean, in the first game, he had eight points, eight boards, no blocks. Last night, dismal numbers. But it's back to Paul George. If they are to, even that series up, win game four, go back with a split so far, it's all Paul George. He has to be the guy, the catalyst for them. It's a long way from being over. And as you mentioned, it could be 2-2 in the blink of an eye. But let's say the Pacers get, get bounced here in round one. What does that do then to the East with the number one seed out? Well, nobody expected them to get past the second round anyway. Seriously. I mean, going into the postseason, they needed two wins their last two games of the season over the last 28 games post-All-Star break to finish at 15-13 and 13 since the All-Star game. So nobody held a lot of stock to begin with. And look at Miami. Miami could have lost game two at home. That was a horrible possession. They wanted Gary Neal to shoot. He put it back to the ground. They took the ball away. So everything's up for grabs. You could see plenty of surprises. It's hardly, I mean, there's no guarantees. It's wildly unpredictable in the NBA playoffs this year. And that's why it's so much fun for all of us that are covering the games because going in, who would have figured Portland would take two at Houston? I mean, that's pretty crazy, too. Yeah, no, I, I could have never given any thought to that. I don't think there's enough thought about the Washington Wizards at this point. Is that is that a series that doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things? Or is Washington showing us something that we better pay attention to? They're a wild card. Absolute wild card. Because of Nene. You know that they've got enough offense with Martel Webster, John Wall, and Bradley Beal. But if they're bigs, and Gortat's in a contract season, if they're bigs play like this in the postseason, I mean, they are absolutely a wild card. And, and don't discount Toronto from upsetting the Brooklyn Nets. They could have won the first game, and they did because they, you know, pregame, you felt like, are they going to get it done against a veteran squad? And they showed their inexperience, and especially DeMar DeRozan in game one. And then DeRozan came back and had a phenomenal game, too, like Kyle Lowry. And then they got good minutes off the bench from Landry Fields and matching up with Joe Johnson, some length on him. So that's what I talk about with the unpredictability this season in the playoffs. It's great. It's made for some good stories. But back to your point with the Washington Wizards, they can score. Chicago's got problems scoring. If Augustine, three for 15 in game one, can't score, they've got problems with him coming off the bench with Heinrich starting in the backcourt and Dunleavy. So it's up in the air. But if Washington gets past Chicago, can I say, yeah, because Chicago can come right back. Chicago, they'll make you grind. 
and they could take uh, at least one, if not two, games in Washington. But if Washington gets past Chicago, then look out. All of a sudden, they believe in themselves. And that's half the battle in the playoffs. Joel Myers with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Joel, before I let you go, let me be your boss for just a moment. I know, I know that we've had you bouncing around different series here in the first round for TNT. But uh, I, 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 as your boss, am only going to let you work one series the rest of the first round. The good news is it's your pick. So if it's your pick, what's the one series you'd want to stay with the rest of the way in the first round? Well, I think the potential to go deep is the one I'm at right now, games three and four, I'll do Saturday and Monday, and that is Dallas-San Antonio, two teams in the same division. Uh, Dallas has now snapped a long losing streak. They had lost double digits in a row. At the, it was 11, now 12, before they won that game in San Antonio, and they know they could have taken both. And they're a veteran squad. They shouldn't be overwhelmed by anything with Nowitzki, Monte Ellis, Vince Carter, go down the list, Jose Calderon, all the guys down Barrett that they've got, although he's kind of a, a loose cannon over sleeping shoot-arounds and practices during the regular season. But they've got some guys that have stepped up. Brandon Wright, his length and what he can do. So Dallas-San Antonio easily could go six to seven games. That'd be a fun one to watch because they know each other so well from all the years, every season, four games, and a lot of the same guys. It's fantastic stuff. It is the best time of the year with regard to the NBA. I can't wait till the Pelicans are back in that mix, Joel, and maybe as early as next season. Yeah, as you say, I can't wait till we're all doing games, and our building is going crazy because the Pelicans are in the postseason next year, and we're getting excited about who's going to be in the first-round matchup. And then with all the speculation and all the talk – can't wait till the building's filled. And I remember, because I was there as a visitor you know, a few years back when it was six games of the Lakers, and how crazy it was and how much fun it was in the building. Well, there's no doubt. Joel, keep up the good work. We'll be watching on TNT this week, and we'll check back with you later next week to get some more thoughts on, I guess at that point, maybe the end of some of the round one matchups in the NBA playoffs. Stay tuned. We're going to turn our attention back to the NFL here on the Black and Blue Report. Daniel Sowerson is going to visit with Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. And we'll talk about the 20th pick overall in the first round and the Arizona Cardinals when we come back. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson. We continue our NFL Draft Preview Series on this Friday show. Sean spoke with Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald to preview the Dolphins at pick number 19. And now it's time to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, who sued that pick number 20. 
and to help us preview them, we welcome in Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. Darren, hope all is well in the desert. Yeah, uh, everything is going pretty well. It doesn't uh, hurt to win 10 games a year ago. I know uh, the team didn't win the, uh, make the playoffs, but it's, uh, it's a start. Absolutely. Darren, before we get into the Cardinals draft, let's talk about their offseason so far. They lose two corners in Antoine Kaysen and Javier Arenas, linebacker Carlos Dansby, but they also add Jonathan Dwyer, Antonio Cromarty, Ted Ginn, and uh, much more. Your thoughts on the Cardinals free agent signings? Well, I mean, <laughs> they went into this offseason uh, very specifically looking for a couple places. The most important uh, and their biggest signing of the offseason was at left tackle. They signed uh, Jared Valdir. Uh, who was uh, with the Raiders last year. Um, they've had issues at left tackle for a number of years uh, with Levi Brown playing there and, and not quite doing what they wanted. Uh, and they really feel like they've made a significant step forward by signing Valdir, uh, so- solidifying the line. They've got Jonathan Cooper at left guard, who was their number one pick last year. So they feel like they went uh, in a really good direction there. And then you know, a couple of other guys that they picked up, they picked up Ted Ginn, who can return kicks, which they needed. Uh, Arenas was that guy last year, and he didn't do a very good job, and they feel like Ginn can do that and possibly do some of the punt returning if they want uh, Patrick Peterson to kind of focus on cornerback. So, and he can also give them a big speed receiver uh, behind Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd, which is something that they, uh, Bruce Arians really wants for his offense. And then uh, you mentioned Cromartie. Uh, you know, they, they wanted a cornerback across from Peterson that could play on an island, and they feel like Antonio Cromartie can do that. And, you know, he only signed a one-year deal, which is what they did with Dansby last year, and obviously they lost Dansby in free agency. Um, but they feel like uh, in a year-to-year situation, Cromartie could really help in the secondary uh, and, and give them a lot more flexibility in terms of what they call on the defense. So with all those free agent signings and the players they've lost, uh, what positional needs do you think the Cardinals will and need to address in the draft? Well, I'll say this, that both uh, Bruce Arians and Steve Kime have uh, made it you know, very clear that if they had to go and play a football game right now without any draft picks, they feel like this team could, could compete for a division title in the NFC West. And so that gives them a lot of flexibility going into – uh, the draft. Uh, that being said, um, there are a couple places that you know you think, okay, maybe this is something they need to look at. Um, they could probably use a younger, strong safety. Uh, they got Tyron Matthew back there coming off the injury. They got Rashad Johnson, who's a veteran. They got Tony Jefferson, who was an undrafted rookie last year, who turned out to play pretty well. Um, but they probably could use a, a young, uh, upscale safety at some point. Um, they probably could use some depth at inside linebacker. They definitely need some depth and some youth at outside linebacker and pass rusher. Uh, and I think they want to add some uh, youth to the defensive line. That's another place where, um, you know, they've got some solid players in Darnell Dockett and Clayus Campbell and Dan Williams and such, but they, they need to add some younger uh, players there to kind of transition as those other guys get older. So I think right now those are the main positions of, of – quote-unquote need and then of course they've got to still look long-term quarterback I don't know if they're going to take one in this draft I I really don't think they'll take one in the first round even though some people have speculated that but with Carson Palmer you know going to be turning uh, 35 at the end of the year uh, you know it's definitely something that they got to look at Um, but Steve Kime the general manager has made clear very many uh, very many times that you know, he doesn't want to spend a draft pick on a quarterback just to spend a draft pick on a quarterback. He's got to believe the guy 
can really play, and I don't know if that necessarily is going to be found. That brings me to my next question. You did write an article about a week and a half ago about how Carson Palmer is okay with the team drafting another quarterback if they do it. Now, if the right guy comes along at number 20, do you even think they try to draft a QB at 20 if the right person falls back somehow? Well, again, if the right person is there, yeah, I think they would take him. Now, whether they're the right person exists uh, in this draft at quarterback, uh, I don't know. Uh, and obviously, you know, the Cardinals are going to kind of be tight-lipped about that at this point. Um, I'm not sure who that guy would be. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't totally rule out the possibility uh, of, a, of a quarterback at 20, um, but I just find it very, very doubtful uh, given what's out there. Uh, you know, again, they know that they have to, at some point, find a replacement long-term for Carson Palmer, but they're very comfortable with Palmer being their quarterback, not only this year, but you know, as long as he can stay healthy, uh, you know, in a couple of years beyond this. So uh, I think that's how, kind of how they're looking at it right now. We're talking with Darren Urban from azcardinals.com, talking about the Cardinals draft. Now, you did mention Bruce Arians saying they're very comfortable if they put this team on the field without a draft pick, they'd do just fine. So that being said, do you see them trading down in this year's draft? I think there's always that possibility. The Cardinals right now only have six picks. Uh, they gave up their seventh-round pick last year uh, in the Palmer trade. So, and I know Steve Kahn covets his draft pick. So, you know, if you trade down, that means that you're in a situation where you could gain some picks. And I, I think, as a as a general manager, as a guy with a scouting background, uh, Steve Kahn very much believes in building teams through the draft uh, as the ultimate in this league. And so, could they trade down? I, I think that's absolutely possible, but. You know, the thing is, at 20, you just don't know who's going to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know what's, who's going to end up falling to you. You don't know what teams might want to come up to get whoever might be there at the time. There's so many variables. It's so hard to know uh, exactly what might happen by the time uh, the Cardinals are on the clock. Okay, before I let you go, like you said, it's hard to determine who will be there at number 20. But give me one or two guys that you think the Cardinals might pick at number 20. Well, again, when you look at, at some of the guys that are on the board uh, uh, and, and, the, and the possibilities of what they might, I, I, I feel, I don't know if I feel strongly, but I, I could totally see them going defense. I mean, this is a team that is built with defense first right now. They're, they have the sixth-ranked defense in the league. They have the number one rush defense. Uh, Steve Kahn believes in put, throwing logs on that fire and making sure it burns hot. Um, so if there is a, a safety, uh, like a ha-ha Clinton Dix, maybe that falls that far, and I don't know if he will, I, I could see something like that. I could see a defensive uh, lineman like uh, Hagman out of uh, Minnesota, you know, somebody like that, um, or maybe even a linebacker, uh, Shazier out of Ohio State maybe. Uh, you know, these guys that might be around a 20 uh, could fill a need, but definitely would, would bolster a defense that's already pretty good. That's good stuff right there. That's Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. Darren, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Our draft series continues on Monday as we head to Green Bay to preview the Packers at pick number 21. When we come back, Sean Kelly will wrap things up on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. 
Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, just think, two weeks from now, we'll be in the thick of the NFL draft. So our draft preview series is winding down, and we're going to continue it on Monday and talk Packers and pick number 21 with Vic Ketchman from Packers.com on the Black and Blue Report on Monday. We'll have a lot more in store for you as we turn the page from April to May next week and start a new week here at the Black and Blue Report. It's going to be a fantastic weekend, as we mentioned at the top. So many things to do in New Orleans. Hope you get out and about and enjoy it with family and friends. And we certainly hope that you enjoy the rest of this beautiful Friday. My thanks to Joel Myers today, Adam Beasley from the Miami Herald, and Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. Daniel Salerson, our producer and contributor today as well. And that will do it for us here from Studio B at 5800 Airline Drive. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 